0: dot com to start winning. What's going on, Colts Nation. Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. I'm Derek Larger. Joining me today is Zach Hicks. He's the lead analyst at Sports Illustrated for the Colts film guy at Mile High Huddle, and a contributor for Cover One. Most of Colts Nation, you probably already know who he is, man that needs very little introduction. But Zach, how are you doing, man? Doing all
1: right, man. Uh, you know, getting into the off-season stuff. And, you know, most people, they would think our, our job slows down when it gets to the off-season. But uh, for me, it definitely jumps up even more. My production goes up quite a bit because the, the speculative stuff is sometimes more fun than the actual stuff. So. Um uh, keeping busy,
0: but uh, doing all right, man. That's good, man. Yeah, you're right. Off season. I mean, it's it certainly isn't a time off for a lot of us. I mean, we have to keep looking into draft and free agency. I mean, that period uh, comes up pretty quickly. So, and then obviously the news about the Colts just recently signing uh hiring Gus Bradley to the defensive staff to be the new DC. What was your initial thoughts, like your initial reaction when you heard Gus Bradley is going to be hired as our new DC? Uh,
1: I mean, the couple of words that come to mind are, you know, I don't want to say they took, they played it safe because Gus is a, is a good defensive coordinator, but it's a little bit safer than the route they could have gone. They could have gone with a guy like Chris Harris, who, you know, has never been in DC before and is a younger guy. Uh, But instead they ultimately went with Gus Bradley. Uh, But I like Gus Bradley. It's, it's, Kind of signifying a change that we have seen coming for this Colts defense for a while, because uh, they, they they've been inching their way towards the Seattle Seahawks cover three and cover three match scheme. Uh, now, by bringing Gus Bradley in, it's kind of the the full embracing of, of that scheme, the scheme that that you know Ed Dodds comes from, the scheme that Chris Ballard praises every every chance he get he gets, and the the scheme that Matt Eberflus was kind of starting to inch towards this past year as well. So. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to have one of the, you know, one of the, the forerunners of the scheme that we always talk about uh, here in Indy to, to run this defense that fits that fits it pretty well.
0: Yeah, I mean, people have been talking to us a lot about, you know, they really didn't want any retreads. You know, they kind of wanted to go that Chris Harris route where it's like, it's new blood. You know, you don't 100% know what you're going to get, but it's somebody that could bring something different. Sometimes that's that's a good thing, but you know when you have to find the kind of DC that you think that your defense should be running, and obviously what Gus Bradley is primarily thinking of running is what, obviously, like you said, the Colts have been trying to get into for a while. Basically, the next question is, what do you make of some of these people who are thinking that he's going to mainly run a cover three zone scheme because that's what everyone is thinking because they hear cover three, you know, and they think that, oh, does our defense actually match up with that kind of scheme? What do you say to those people that primarily just think it's only going to be cover three that we're running?
1: (laughs) You know, there's no such thing as a cover three scheme or a cover two scheme. And And I admit that I'm not the best when it comes to helping people differentiate that because, I have always kind of said that, like Matty comes from the Cover Two tree, and the tee-off scheme is the Cover Three tree. Uh, but honestly, it's, it, it's kind of disingenuous to call it just that uh, because that's not what it is. You know, like it, it really breaks down to two different terms: middle of the field open and middle of the field closed. Uh, which means middle field open means you have the two safeties and there's nobody in the middle of the field. Middle right. field closed means there's the one safety and, and it's you know closed off in the middle. Uh, the drastic change for this defense comes that you're going from that open philosophy of two high safeties to the closed philosophy of one one safety. Um, that doesn't mean that oh it's always cover three. It could also be cover one. It could be cover three match. It could be you know it could be multiple things. It's not just cover three. It's not a cover three defense. Um, I think what will like a lot of what we'll see is you know we'll see a lot more man mixed in. Uh, Every bit of zone that they're going to run is going to be a man-match zone. Uh, Ibra did a great job of developing that with the guys. You know, I, when he first came to Indy in uh, 2018, it was almost all spot drop. It was it was, it was, was what you see on Madden. You know, when you call cover two, you're going to have the guys stay, you know, the corner staying in the flats, the two safeties over top, and the three linebackers in the middle. Uh, and they're not going to trail any routes or kind of match. Uh, when it comes to, you know, Gus Bradley's – uh, cover three and with the Seattle scheme and stuff like that it's going to be a lot of matching routes and a lot of taking away vertical routes by matching um you know it might put a little extra stress on this defense it might be a little bit of adjustment early on but honestly I do think Matt Eberflus did a good job preparing them for this switch because you know late late last year the Colts are doing a lot of man match stuff um but my overall point Calling it just a cover three is just as disingenuous of call, as calling Matt Eberflus just a cover two defense. You know, these are multiple defense. Uh, and just because they start with a single high safety or the two high safety, it doesn't mean they're only running cover two or cover three. Uh, There's going to be a good amount of variation in this defense. Uh, so, yeah, I'm trying to move the Colts nation to uh, middle of the field open and middle of the field close instead of cover two or cover three defense. Gotcha.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was talking with Lawrence about it yesterday on his stream. He kind of reiterated a lot of what you just stated there. And I think that it's going to be great for our guys specifically in that adjustment. Uh, I think that, like you said, Eberflus towards the end of the season started getting better at changing up the looks on the defense and it started helping the corners out. And it started helping with the fact that our safeties who obviously were being tested with depth at that point, it was taking some of the pressure off of them. Hopefully this year we'll get that safety uh, room back and they'll be ready for this one. And kind of mentioning off of Matt Eberflus, I've even heard some people uh, mention that Gus Bradley is basically a Matt Eberflus clone. Um, uh, I kind of wanted to know, is there some truth to that or is it, or is there a huge difference in how they design their schemes? I mean, <laughs> again, it's probably cause, oh, they both run zone primarily. I, I'd assume that's probably what they're saying. I
1: mean, is that supposed to be a negative? Like, I know that there's some people in the fan base that doesn't like that never liked Matt Eberfluss, but I mean, the Colts had a top 10 defense three of his four years. Is that, I mean, even if he were a Matt Eberfluss clone. It's not a bad thing. Heck, if the Colts were to bring bring someone like if Gus Bradley were to replicate a lot of what Iberflus did, that'd be a good thing. You'd, you'd still have a good defense or above average defense that forces turnovers. Uh, but no, no, I wouldn't say he's a clone. I, I think it's a very different scheme. It's it's a lot more aggressive with the man match uh, principles, and and it's more more Sabin. Um, it's like more Sabin influence than it is uh, Matt Iberflus or Matt Iberflus is more you know that Lovey Smith type tree. Uh, but I, I guess I could see it from the, from the, we don't blitz standpoint. Uh, Cause yeah. Chris Bradley doesn't really blitz too often. Uh, I think he even blitzes less than what Matty Bufloos does. But you know, when it comes to the NFL, every single defense coordinator would say the same thing. We want to get home with four. We don't want to get home. We don't want to have to get sacks by sending seven, eight, nine guys, you know? Uh, so getting home with four is the, is the emphasis of every single defense coordinator. So I, I don't know, man. I, I I wouldn't say they're very similar, though. I think Gus Bradley is—it's more predicated on stopping the pass, where Ibraflus is a little more predicated on stopping the run. Uh, and I think you're seeing more again middle of the field close, middle of the field open, and uh, more man match is what you're going to see a little bit more out with Gus Bradley.
0: With Gus, I mean, I kind of mentioned you know the blitzing thing, and I kind of think that might also be the fact that. You know, Gus, with some of the defenses he's had and defenses he's worked with, he's been able to get home a lot more with the front four than some of the defenses that Iberflus has had here in Indianapolis. So, you know, I mean, even though Iberflus didn't really blitz a lot because that's not his thing, he obviously blitzed a little more because, you know, Gus, when he was with the Legion of Boom, and then you talk about... Uh, that secondary being amazing and the front four could get to pressure. And even with the chargers, you know, he built that secondary up to where they were able to make a lot of moves and they, they got a few different pass rushers developed and they started being able to get to the uh, pass rush. Right now, the Colts are not in that position where they can really just say, Oh yeah, we feel confident that we're going to get consistent pressure with Pay and Dio Dangbo at the moment or uh, even the Kamoko Ture, it just depends how that depth works. Uh, do you think that has had something to do with it, with the fact that they, he hasn't blitzed as much? And do you think with if the Colts don't make any moves defensively on the defensive line to try to improve that and they just run it with the same group, do you think that that's going to continue to be something or do you think Bradley will have to amp up the amount of pressure or, or blitzes because of who we have on the front four?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I, that's a great point that, you know, when you it, it, and like another thing to kind of add to your point too, the secondaries were so good with the Chargers and, and even last year, the Raiders secondary was pretty solid. Uh, his secondary Legion of Boom was great, uh, but also his defensive lines were outstanding, too. I mean, back yeah. with the Legion of Boom, you had Michael Bennett and Chris Clemens, uh, just outstanding players back with the Chargers, Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa. Uh, this past year, Yannick Ngakwe and, and Max Crosby. So he's always had the talent up front. And I'm with you. I don't think the Colts have that type of talent unless Quitty Pay or Dio uh, take that big jump forward. Um, so at the moment, yeah, I, w- I would say that you'll probably see him bring up the blitzing a little bit. But I think overall his philosophy is, you know, we'll show blitzes. We'll we'll kind of mix things up. We'll we'll mix our coverages. Uh, but we're going to make quarterbacks have to beat us, throwing the ball down the field into our match into our match zones and stuff. So uh, he'll mix in blitzes, and and he's he's a veteran coach, so he won't just keep you know, ramming his head into a wall. If it's not working, uh, it won't, it won't be, you know, we're not getting home. So let's just sit back still. It won't be something like that. But, uh, you know, I, I think his overall philosophy is, is I want to get home with four. And I think he's going to try everything to do that first. Uh, and then if it comes to blitzing, he will. Uh, but I, I, never see that. I don't think I'll ever see that number get up too high. Like, I don't think, I don't think, I think everflu got over 20% only in 2018 and, I, I, I can't imagine Gus Bradley getting getting over 20, 25% a year. I think, it, his, you know, it's not we're not going to see a Wink Martindale type of thing where where Wink Martindale was, was blitzing 50% of the time to the Ravens. You know, I, we're not going to see that with Gus Bradley, uh, especially with, this, with the man-match zone that he's going to be running.
0: Gotcha. Well, we kind of talked a little bit about some of the defenses he's worked with over the years. Uh, most of the time when he got to wherever it is that he was going, they didn't start out that way. You know, the first year or two that he would be there, the defenses were, I think Lawrence told me that every time he's gone somewhere, uh, those defenses that he was in charge of with the uh, the Seahawks defense that became the Legion of Boom, the Chargers defense, which became what it is now, and then obviously the Raiders, the year prior, I mean, they were bottom, they were bottom of the barrel when it came to defenses, and then obviously Gus Bradley helped uh, mature them and put them in the right direction in that scheme. And then they started to become really legit. And obviously Legion of Boom helped that out. The Chargers, we see them as a you know top defense every other year. And obviously the Raiders' defense, not that bad. Looking at it from him joining the Colts now, do you believe that this, from a roster standpoint and where it is at the moment, this is the best defense that Gus Bradley has had walking into a new team, or do you think it do- it's not quite there? Uh,
1: I think it depends. I mean, honestly, it's probably it's definitely better on paper than when he walked into the Raiders last year. Uh, the pass rush isn't, but the rest of the roster, rest of the team is. Yeah, I'd probably say it is the best situation he's walked into uh, because a big a big thing with. The defense he's come into is the, you know, the GMs that he's been working with have been hitting on a lot of draft picks uh, once he came to the fray. And, and you know, we've, we've seen his defenses start kind of slow. Uh, not that they're having, not that they haven't improved over the year before. When he got there, like you said, they were bottom feeding defenses. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll consistently see them in the 20s uh, the year that he would come over, which is a little improvement, but it's still kind of low. Uh, but when, when the defenses kind of get into a scheme a little bit and they kind of keep, they kind of get going. That's when we see, you know, the Chargers. His last two years there were a top five, top ten defense. Legion of Boom obviously is one of the best defenses in NFL history. Uh, and the Raiders, I mean, we saw this late, late this past year. Their defense came on and helped them make the playoffs. Uh, so yeah, I think walking in, this probably is the best defense that he's had because, uh, like he said in his introductory introduction uh, press conference, is he's got he's got a Pro Bowler at all all three levels. You know, he's got he a tackle, it's a Pro Bowler, a linebacker, and a corner. Uh, so. it's a talented, talented group. There's obviously holes and there's places that got to get better, but um, yeah, I mean, walking in, if if he can continue to work his magic like he did with other ones, uh, this should be his best first year on staff uh, of all the
0: teams he's been to. Are you finally ready to win money and boost your odds? Winbet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. The excitement of win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. Get exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on the action with your favorite teams and players from the NFL, MLB, NHL, gold, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. Right now at WinBet, you can find great promos, odds, and payouts. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now. Or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Or subject to change. T- terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in a pre- state where play through wynnbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Yeah, he talked about the pro bowlers and he was saying how excited he is that he has all those, that kind of talent at every level. Guys like Buckner, Leonard, and more you know what? What do you think the plan is for each of these guys? I know that, that people are concerned that you know he's going to turn Darius Leonard into more of a uh, of a pass covering linebacker instead of in the run game. Like, I mean, me personally, I think that Darius Leonard thrives in both. I mean, we saw this year. I know Darius effectiveness wise in the in coverage, he's not as good as he is in stopping the run, but he still gets turnovers, and that's uh, that's blatantly obvious. Uh, I mean, outside of that, I don't know what his plan is for Moore and Buckner when it comes to that. I mean, do you think that anything changes or do you think the the landscape of that stays the same?
1: Uh, I think the landscape for the most part when it comes to, to Kenny and Buckner will stay the same, especially Buckner. Buckner uh, Buckner's going to be that three tech. Um, I'm sure Bradley would do some things to get him some one-on-ones, but I, I really don't see his role changing too much. Uh, hopefully you know with the increased emphasis on the two edge rushers going after the passer uh, it helps free Buckner up a little bit uh, with Kenny again it'll be more man match he'll be in man a little bit more which we saw him have a little bit more struggles with this past year than even when he's in zone uh, but I-, I think he'll be fine uh, the biggest change does, definitely does come with Leonard though uh, he's going to be asked to do a little bit more in coverage and that's the thing Darius Leonard's a great a great player uh, he's, he's always forced to turnovers he's uh, especially in the zone, you know, the zones that he's been asked to cover uh, with Matt Eberflus, But he's going to be asked to do a lot more in this man-match scheme uh, to be able to read things a little bit quicker and kind of get back into into deeper zones. So I'm excited to see what this means for all three of these guys. Uh, Leonard, I think I'm most interested in because even though I think he can do it, he's, a, again, a very, very good linebacker. Uh, I, I'm really curious to see what he does with kind of, I want to say, like a more expanded role in a pass coverage. Uh, he's always been great at kind of feasting on bad throws and, and feasting on quarterbacks underneath. But I want to see what happens when his kind of range is opened up a little bit more. Uh he has to robot a little bit more. He has to get back into deeper zones. He has to be quicker with his reads. Uh I think it's gonna be really interesting to see him in that role and, and you know he's been an all pro every year that he's been in the league. So I, I don't doubt that he'll be able to do it uh, at least to a good level.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Uh okay so and then while I have you on the subject, you mentioned the defensive ends and how that's going to be Pivotal for this scheme and how what they're going to try to do. A little off topic from Gus, but this is a Ballard thing, real quick. (laughs) How much emphasis do you think the Colts should put on going and getting an edge rusher in the free agency? I'm not of the mindset that the Colts should go and draft one because I get, I know there, you and a couple other people have mentioned that this is a little bit more of a deeper class than what some people are giving it credit for. But me personally, I say, well, you just drafted two of them, yeah. and they haven't quite been there yet. I mean, obviously they need to develop. I think drafting one is not what this defense needs to see an instant improvement, and that's what this defensive line needs. And I think there's a couple of guys at the top end of this defensive line group and free agency that could make this team better if you put them on immediately. How much emphasis are you putting on that? Or do you think that the Colts should just run it back with the group they have and spend money elsewhere?
1: Oh, you know, when it comes to what they should do and what they'll actually do, it's always a little bit different. <laughs> yeah, very uh, true. I would love if they went out and got like a Chandler Jones. It'd be awesome. I, we, we would all love it. But yeah. it, the, the fact of the matter is they're not going to go after. They're not going to go big fish hunting in free agency. They've never been about that. Uh, I know this past year we all kind of got a little excited for it, but. It's just never been part of Chris Ballard's uh, focus. Uh, you know, he'll, he'll get the bargain bin free agents. They'll develop in-house. Uh, but I do think, to an extent, they kind of have to be a little more aggressive this year in free agency. And I don't think that means, you know, throwing all their money at Chandler Jones, but I think it means, you know, like like the, the edge rotation, I think, needs a completely different, like it needs a complete overhaul. Uh, you have your top two guys. You have Dio and you have Quiddy. Uh, but after that, you know, Ture is a free agent. Taequann Lewis is a free agent. We have no clue what's going on with Ben Banigou. Alquid and Muhammad is a free agent. I, I think they kind of need to restart uh, with, the, with the depth. And, and it doesn't need to, because, you know, you kind of missed on a lot of these these young guys. You know, Taequann, Banigou, and, and Ture. I mean, at, at their best, they're still kind of misses for where you took them. Uh, I think they need to get in some veterans. They need to get in some guys who have familiarity with this type of scheme to play those type of roles off the edge. And even if you bring back one or two of those guys, I just think they need a, like they kind of need an overhaul there. And I think you can say that about a lot of positions, you know, uh cornerback besides the top three guys, you could probably use uh, a little bit of an overhaul, maybe going after a Casey Hayward would be not a huge, huge addition. Uh, Cause you know, it's not going to be like a 10, $12 million a year thing, uh, but it'd be a guy who has familiarity with the scheme that you can kind of bring in. So things like that, I think, I think it's going to be a little more than the bargain bin hunting that we've seen in recent years. I mean, last year, it was Isaac Isaac Rochelle was their top guy for the longest time. <laughs> uh, I think it's going to be a little more than that, but I don't think it's going to be, you know, for all the people who are going to be like, oh, go sign Chris Godwin, go sign Chandler Jones. It, it's just not going to happen with Chris. Ballard. Right. I'll have to see right. it to believe it. I'm, I'm I'm, at the mindset where I'm not even going to think they're not free agents in my mind because they're not on Ballard's radar until he, until he makes a move like that. Yeah. Uh, right. So I, I think, you know, a little bit above bargain then just because this is such a new defensive scheme and, and even on offense, now they're going to be replacing three coaches, I think on, on offense. So, uh, there's a lot of changes going on, and I think they do need to get some different types of players in here to kind of revamp the roster a little bit, get some more veterans. Uh, but I just don't think it's going to be anything massive or anything huge.
0: I don't I don't expect them to go overhaul. I don't, unless you take Jim Hersey's words at full value. But I still don't <laughs> think that's going to be a 100% changing Ballard's way of it. But I just want them to sign one guy. One guy, one big one, because then I'm just, then that way I can just say, okay, please, just one time. Just one time. I know you made the Buckner trade. I know that, but you had to give up something in return for Buckner. Obviously, we all think Buckner's a stud, but, you know, just one time, make one free agent move. I don't care what position it is, just something. I don't care what it is, whether it's receiver, tight end, defensive end, corner. I don't care what it is. Just do something that makes me think, okay, one of these positions you tried and make to make an uh, improvement in the free agent market. I'll move on from there. I'll trust what you do in the draft going forward to try to replace the rest of it. It's just my issue is is that you know with with a lot of positions that we still need improvement on. You know, wide receiver needs improvement. Tight end, in my opinion, needs improvement when it comes to the passing game. Left tackle is an improvement. I don't know whether they'll sign Eric Fisher back or not. Not sure on that. My guess is that they do, but I'm not 100% sure. Uh, defensive end obviously needs it. Corner, it's nice to get uh, another, like, vet uh, free agent if you're not going to keep roads around for the scheme that you have. I mean, it, it, there's a lot of spots, and I just think that Ballard does need to sign a couple of guys. I mean, it, it seems inevitable to me.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. and That's why I think it's going to be a little more than bargain bin hunting this year, uh, but – Again, I gotta see it to believe it, man. I just, yeah. <laughs> I, I got my hopes yeah. up. After
0: on really last crazy. off season, yeah, I don't blame you. That yeah. that was we we spent so much time waiting for a move that never happened, yep. and that and that pissed a lot of people off. It pissed me off for a time being. Uh, you know, especially since now I'm seeing a couple of these guys back on the free agent market that I felt could have helped this Colts team out this year that we didn't bite on, but. Mainly for me it was Hassan Reddick. I know he may not exactly fit the scheme, but I mean for six million dollars for a guy that got twelve sacks, I thought that was uh, you know, a pretty good bargaining price, but uh, you know, I, I'm not a GM, so I can't I can't sit here and say that was the good move. But all right, we'll get back to Gus Bradley here. Uh which position group do you think benefits the most from Bradley being hired?
1: I I think you gotta go with the defensive ends here. Um you know, Matt Ruflus was a very good defensive coordinator, but he was so, so predicated on stopping the run uh, that I do think some of these defensive ends suffered as a result, especially the 250 pound guys, you know, guys like Ben Banigou, guys like Kamoko Ture uh, just barely saw the field under Matt Ruflus because they weren't good run defenders. And that was the, the biggest thing uh, I think with the introduction of the Leo position, with the introduction of the big end, with with these guys being able to pin their ears back and get after the quarterback a little bit more, at the very worst, we're going to actually see what these guys have. Uh, so I think those guys are going to benefit absolutely uh, under Gus Bradley and and kind of be able to be a little more aggressive, kind of, you know, at a more natural point of where they can be. So uh, I'm excited for this defensive end group and especially the top two guys in, in Dio and Pay. Uh, I want to see what they can do uh, with being able to pin their years back and get after it.
0: Yeah, the Leo position, I, we were talking about that yesterday with Lawrence, and we thought that Kamoko Teray would be a perfect fit for that kind of role. Undersized a little bit, but, you know, I mean, he told me 20% of the snaps last year for Kamoko Teray, but yet was second on the team in sacks. So, I mean, it goes to show you that, I mean, Teray, even though he got very little play time, was pretty effective in those snaps that he was in which kind of makes you wonder man why was he not you know in the rotation more often and probably explained a little bit as to why you know brian baker was under some heat for that as well um i know matt Eberflus is in control of the run first stopping defense i understand that so you know it goes hand in hand me personally i'm i'm excited to see how uh blackman and kari uh fit into this scheme because i think with this, you're allowing, especially if you're saying the the middle closed, you know, I think that I view it as an opportunity for Kari Willis to be more of the guy in the middle of the field and hit some people that come across the middle of the field a little more often, which is great. And then you allow a few more times for Blackman to come back and use that ball hawking ability that he's known for. I just feel like this kind of scheme that we're looking to get into, I think really ties hand in hand with how the safeties play.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Those two guys are more traditional free safety, strong safety. Uh, Obviously they can both rotate and they still will in Gus Bradley's system. It's not, you know, it's not free safety is always the guy over the top. They're just there more often. Uh, But yeah, I do think uh, another player that definitely benefits is Carter Willis. Uh, He'll be more of a, you know, in a more of a robber look, he'll be up on the line of scrimmage a little bit more. He'll be, uh, man-to-man on some tight ends a little more often uh that definitely benefits him more than this than the too high defense that the colts had uh so yeah car willis i think I'm, I'm excited to see you know both these guys to stay healthy though <laughs> that's yeah. the biggest thing yeah um that's why i think safety is actually kind of an underrated big need for the colts uh they, they just needed another guy that they can throw a lot of snaps at and it can't be another andrew and dejo type of situation they need a real player back there yeah uh, And I, you know, but outside of that, Kari and Julian Blackman, uh, I'm really excited about them in this type of scheme here. Again, uh, they're more traditional, strong safety, free safety, and and Kari's going to benefit a lot from being in the box.
0: Yeah, I mean, George Odom filled that role pretty well last year when he had to step in. I was kind of mad when uh, Ballard let Chikari uh, just leave, and that kind of sucked because. You know, I thought he was doing really well in training camp. He was liked by everyone on the field of what he was doing. And then just next thing you know, he's, he's gone. And I thought he was the, I thought he was the best safety depth guy that we had. And I was like, why are you letting this guy go? And sure enough, you know, got a job with the Eagles. Uh, but that's for another discussion. Um, so we looked at, uh, what his defense has been like over the years. You know, we saw a lot of times when the Colts were up in late games, how conservative Matt Iberfluss got with with the defense. You know, it was all prevent. I mean, it was keep everybody back, let them get the 10, 15 yards that they want to, and then just keep everything in front of them. It was all predicated on soft zone, trying to keep everything in front, but never truly like keeping close contact with somebody in that way and you know i think that's what a lot of people got turned off by everfluce was that you know there were a lot of times when especially this last year the defense was one of the main culprits as to why we lost because in late games when we were winning the defense just seemed to not be able to hold anyone and especially in that ravens game you saw the, the lamar just pick our defense apart in that fourth quarter. I mean, that was insane. He was like perfect in that fourth quarter. and that, it, I mean, that, that was a bunch of different games this year. What, what improvements do you think Gus Bradley makes to this defense that, outside a scheme that Iberflue's kind of struggled with at times?
1: You know, part of that's tough because I, I think iberflue got a little too much of the flack for those collapses. Yeah. Uh, because at the end of the day, the players are the ones out there, too. And mm-hmm. it's not like you were line these guys off 30, 30 yards off the ball. Right. Uh, yes, it was a little softer. Yes, he was relying on the front four a little too much uh, in these games. But uh, at the end of the day, you also got to get on these players. And you also you got to look at some of the talent. I mean, in some of these games, Andrew Sandejo and George Odom are your safeties over the yeah. top. Uh, in the Ravens game, it was uh, Bo Pete Keyes. They got beat on his one snap of the year for a big touchdown that basically changed that game. Uh, So it's tough, I'm not trying to give excuses here, but.
2: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: the biggest thing is going to, again, be that, that man match It's going to be a lot more prevalent. Um, yes, I do think iberflue got, got a little too predictable in fourth quarters. Uh, like the Ravens game, for instance, his way of trying to change it up was bringing an extra guy off the edge but dropping a defensive end into the middle. Uh, so it wasn't really blitzing. It was kind of just showing blitz. That was his way of trying to mix it up, and it became very predictable on tape, um, assuming that's what the Ravens kind of saw uh, late in that game. I think Gus Bradley, again, it's going to be you're going to kind of get his same type of aggressiveness. You're going to get you're going to get the man match. You're going to get them being being up on receivers a little bit more. Uh, is that better? Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see if that's uh, much better. But um, it's going to definitely be different than what we saw this past year. And, and hopefully it's an improvement on, like you said, a couple of these games where the defense just couldn't get a stop and couldn't get off the field. And, and again, I think I think pass rush is just such a big thing with that. Uh, these guys, when they rush four, they have to get home. Uh, yeah. Maybe under Gus. I mean, under Gus Bradley, they might be a little more, you know, in better positions. Maybe unleashed a little bit more off the edge. Uh, but we got to see these young pass rushers take that next step into going into year two, and they have to be uh, just more productive overall. Or we're going to see more fourth quarter collapses because everything, everything on defense comes off pressure and and, and coverage. Uh, and if your coverage is is solid but not great and your pass rush is awful, you're going to get shredded late in games.
0: Yep, absolutely. All right, well, I think the only other thing I'll ask you is if there's, for those fans who are still kind of iffy on Gus Bradley and the pedigree he has and, you know, for people he might hire, things of that nature, is there any other words of advice you would give to people in regards to just kind of, waiting this out to see what what Gus Bradley brings
1: yeah so you know I I, like you said at the very top of the show retreads are sometimes an issue in the NFL it's a you know the NFL has a big thing with with hiring your buddies and and I get it Uh, but not all retreads are like that Gus Bradley keeps finding jobs he keeps finding work because he's a very good and accomplished defensive coordinator he's had success everywhere he's gone Uh, maybe not immediate success but at least over time uh, he does get that success now. I, I'm not saying there won't be some lumps and bruises along the way with this Colts defense, but I do think overall there's there, we're going to see a positive change uh, when it comes with Gus Bradley coming to this. That the, the players fit his scheme really well. He's going to bring a really, really experienced staff. You know, it could be Ron Miles and uh, Richard Smith. I'm assuming will come with him uh, as a linebacker coach. Those are guys with I think a combined like 60 years of coaching along with Gus Bradley, who has, you know, 30 years of coaching. Uh, It's going to be a very experienced staff that knows what they're doing, has had success in multiple spots. Uh, So even if it's not, like I said, it's not going to be day one, they're going to be a better defense. They're going to be the top five defense in football. Uh, But I do think long-term, even in the next couple of years, we're going to see a very positive change for this
0: defense. Awesome, man. Well, hey, guys, I think that's going to do it for this one. Let us know in the comments what you're thinking after hearing this. Obviously, Zach knows a little bit more about Gus Bradley and understanding these schemes more than I do. That's why we had him on here to help us out, uh, educate me just as much as you guys. Uh, Zach, I appreciate you coming on, man, taking time out of your schedule to help us out. I greatly appreciate
1: it. Yeah, of course, man. Anytime.
0: Thanks, man. Hey, th- again, guys, thank you so much for the continued support. Let us know your thoughts in the comments. Thank you as always. And as always, go Colts.
3: Wow.